Welcome to Disney Decipher, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we take a trip across the Pacific Ocean and talk about my one-day trip to Tokyo Disney Sea, one of the best Disney theme parks in the entire world. Find old episodes of the podcast at DisneyDecipher.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or anywhere you find podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. Special shout out to Surgical Mask Emoji, Devil Emoji, Heart Emoji, Devil Emoji for leaving us such a positive review and having such a great iTunes name. Also, if you're interested in supporting the podcast, you can check us out on patreon.com slash DisneyDecipher or click the donate button on our page. Connect with us anytime at www.deciphered on Twitter, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com or on our Facebook page, DisneyDeciphered. Thanks and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As the Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. And welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So today we're going to take a little break from Walt Disney World. I was actually in Japan in February and I got the chance to spend a day at Tokyo Disney Sea. We're not going to go super in depth into it, but I did think it was worth at least spending a short episode um, just to talk about, you know, why Tokyo Disney Sea is such an amazing park. So Leslie, tell us what is Tokyo Disney Sea? So I know a little bit about it, of course, as a resident Disney geek. Uh, it was opened in 2001, and it's the second park in Tokyo. It's sort of the, I guess, Epcot of Tokyo Disneyland, things that are perhaps a little bit more adult, and that's sort of the draw. A lot of people think that it's Disney's best park in the world ever. So big shoes to fill. Is that Would you make that proclamation, Joe? Um, it is an amazing theme park. I mean, I think that people who say that, it's tough to say that they're wrong. Uh, I think arguments can be made, but it's definitely up there. And yeah, I think the Epcot is a good um, kind of analogy just because Tokyo Disneyland is where you have kind of all the characters, you know, just the more Disney stuff, small world parades, uh, a lot more Mickey and Minnie. Whereas Disney Sea, you know, you don't have as many of those characters. Yes, there's a Nemo ride um, and there's, you know, various things, but, you know, it just doesn't feel as Disney in the same way that Epcot doesn't, it just feels different. Like it doesn't feel like it's Disney branding on everything. The other thing to say is that Tokyo Disneyland and Tokyo Disney Sea are not actually run by Disney World themselves. They're run by a Japanese company who licenses out the Disney characters, which makes it even more impressive that um, the theme parks are so amazing and they feel so Disney. Sometimes some people even say that they feel more Disney than uh, Disney World and Disneyland themselves these days. Well, that's amazing. Well, give us a, a little bit of an overview of the theming of Tokyo Disney Sea. Yeah. So the concept is that there are seven lands, uh, or I guess I should say seven seas that are spread throughout the park. So, you know, you have the Arabian coast, um, you have mysterious Island, which is the big volcano that you see in all the pictures of Tokyo Disney Sea, you know, and all these different seas, there's basically a little mermaid section where, you know, it's King Triton's kind of world and you go inside uh it feels like a different theme park in there because they make it feel like you're underwater um and so there's these different seventh themed lands um there's also the american waterfront which amazingly it felt like i was walking around the boston harbor i or just they captured the feel of it so well um and so there's just little details like that throughout the seven seas that's crazy that a Bostonian felt that way while in Japan, but uh, well done. Yeah, no, I was, I was just like, this is like, I mean, if there weren't all these Japanese people walking around, like it looks like a miniature version of the Boston Harbor. And I and I think like as someone who is in Boston, there were like touches that I felt like that we noticed that, you know, others might not just, I don't know. They just did such an amazing job. 
Cool. Well, there's there's one thing that I have to ask about from a theming perspective. I know a lot of Super Disney geeks know about the Society of Explorers and Adventurers, and there there has to be quite a bit of that at Tokyo Disney Sea. Did you seek seek any of that out to peek to peek about around about any of the members of that society? It's funny you ask, Leslie. I specifically sought that out because I knew you nerd were going to ask me about it. Um, <laughs> well done, so Joe. I, I found a, uh, I found a sign and it was outside of, um, they have like a signature restaurant called Magellan's, which inside it's essentially where you would think this society of explorers would meet for their meetings. Cause there's like maps everywhere. There's a huge globe in the middle. Um, there's, you know, all this stuff hanging from the ceiling. So right outside of Magellan's, there was that um, Disney society of explorers placard. And I took a picture for you, Leslie. Okay, Honestly, I wouldn't have looked. I wouldn't have looked for it at all if we hadn't talked about this before. It's going in the blog post. Thank you, Joe, for indulging my obsession. The Asia parks do the society so much better than you know anywhere else. Although you know, of course, Skipper Canteen at Disney World uh, has quite a quite a lot of uh, memorabilia and weird Easter eggs. Yeah, and I wasn't actually going to talk about this, but by Magellan's, there's essentially. It's like a fort or a castle, and you can just wander around. It's just kind of like an exploratory park, it's, and you're just walking and exploring. And they really just kind of capture that feel and wonder of just wandering around and discovering new things. You know, so you walk around and you find like a one of those pendulum clocks that like you know knocks down the. You know, you usually see them in science museums, but like as the earth turns, they knock down like those little bars. You can climb to the top of the fort. There's just like an amazing vista, like a great view of Tokyo Disney Sea from the top. There's like a pirate ship or a ship. I don't know if it's a pirate ship or a ship, but like there's a ship that you can explore through. So, you know, they really kind of nail that exploring aspect of it. That's amazing. I've really wanted to go to Japan for a long time and you're making me super jealous that you beat me there, <laughs> especially since I studied Japanese in school. Little known fact, you know, need to go, need to go use it sometime. Yep. Um, I will point out that Leslie was useless giving me Japanese phrases when I was going over there. So <laughs> I've forgotten a little bit. It's been quite a while. Well, let's talk a little bit about um, entertainment. So what are the shows and are there parades? I don't even really have a sense as to what the, the offerings are there. Yeah. So Tokyo Disney Sea does not have tr- your traditional parades. You will see those at Tokyo Disneyland, but they do have like this... <laughs> They had this like Lightning McQueen parade thing where Lightning McQueen like drives out and then everyone just follows him and is like waving all these flags. It is the way that uh, Japanese people get into shows is super refreshing. We are, or I, I'll speak for myself. I can like be jaded sometimes when I'm seeing shows um, that I've seen before and like not get into it. And you know how we've said before that at Disney, you can like be a kid. I still, even when I'm trying to be a kid at Disney, like I have like a little bit of reservation, but the Japanese who were in Disney Sea, they were just like so into it. They're just hopping up and down after Lightning McQueen. And so that's kind of like the parade thingy that we saw. But what I'll talk about is the show that you never knew you needed, Leslie, is called Big Band Beat. And it is a 20s, 30s, and 40s style big band. It is a Broadway style musical review. They are just singing like old school songs with Mickey, Minnie, and Goofy just running around and singing in Japanese. I'm not doing it justice, but it is an amazing show. You never knew that you wanted Mickey, Minnie, and Goofy to be in a musical review style show, but they are. And spoiler alert, at the end, Mickey gets into 
a drum off with the drummer. I thought I, at first I thought like he was just fake playing, but no, he was like actually in a big drum off with the drummer. It's just a crazy, amazing show. And we're super glad we waited in line for it. It was like a half an hour wait. That's the other thing. Like the shows are a huge draw uh, in Tokyo Disney and people wait a long time for these shows. That sounds amazing. I actually would really, really enjoy that. So I might cast off my cynicism and go see a show for once, but only in Tokyo. It is it is very different. We also walked by, um, there's a, so there's a gigantic replica cruise ship called the SS Columbia. Um, and so, you know, think paddlefish, but even bigger and even more detailed. And they have like a New York, New York show in front of that. So we caught some of that as well. Just the shows, it seems like you just spend a day doing the shows on its own. The shows are so popular that for Big Band Beat, for example, there's a lottery to get in. Uh, if you don't win the lottery, like you just scan your ticket, like at a fast pass machine. Um, and if you don't win the lottery, you have to kind of just wait in line. You know, that's how popular it is. Wow. Well, let's get to my favorite part of any Disney theme park, the rides. What, what, are, I know there's some really unique offerings there. Which ones did you do? What were your favorites? What were the highlights? Yeah. So there are a lot of rides and we don't have time to go over all of them. So in Mysterious Island, there's a ride called Journey to the Center of the Earth. That is kind of like, I guess, one of their e-ticket attractions. You know, we rope drop that ride and they have the old school Disneyland FastPass system where you scan your ticket, you get a return time, and then you can't scan your ticket for another FastPass again for uh, two hours. And so we rope dropped Journey to the Center of the Earth and then immediately FastPassed it. So we rode that twice. It is a roller coaster where you are... I guess, going to the journey, taking a journey to the center of the earth, but uh, it is very surprising in good ways. Tower of Terror is a totally different story. So, you know, that I think by my count would make the third type of story of uh, Tower of Terror that there is. So, um, you know, instead of it being Twilight Zone, because Japanese people have no idea what the Twilight Zone is, they have their own story and theming for that. So that's worth a ride on its own. They had this ride called the Nemo and Friends Sea Rider, which honestly I thought was just going to be a kid's ride. So the concept of that one is that you're in kind of large. Um, it's almost like, do you remember Body Wars, Leslie? It's taking it way back. Oh, yes. I love Body Wars. <laughs> uh, I love Body Wars too. My my biggest regret is not going as an adult while Body Wars was still around. Um, I know. Epcot geeks. Here we are. So uh, if you know Body Wars, it's like you get into this simulator with a bunch of other people but then they shrink you down and go into the human body well instead on nemo and friends sea rider you are shrunk down and you're like swimming or your your ship is going with nemo and his friends with not scenes from the movie but you know you start out in the school of fish like following the manta ray and then you know you go on this little adventure everything is in japanese but it was it was a great ride like i wasn't even gonna ride it because i was like uh, do i really want to go on this nemo kids ride but there was like a short line and i'm super glad we did because on that ride and on every ride, there's just such attention to detail that, you know, it's the kind of thing where um, you can ride it multiple times and, you know, keep seeing something new. I will talk about one more ride, not a thrill ride, but it's called Sinbad's storybook adventure. And that in the end, there was a lot of great thrill rides at Tokyo Disney sea, but I think in the end Sinbad was the ride that um, I enjoyed the most. It's like the same concept of it's a small world. It's a slow boat ride with like a million animatronics in there. It has an equally catchy song, although not as annoying since I haven't heard it since I was two years old. You go through the story of Sinbad and his seven adventures and the animatronics are just, they're not like cutting edge, but they just look amazing. And there's like 
over a hundred in there and they just combine together for just like a great experience and better yet there's like very little line there so you can just keep writing it and um, checking the details i really love that ride a lot good that's a little bit of a i guess more of a secret hit to me i'd certainly heard of journey to the center of the earth being the the e-ticket attraction so glad they have some slower things for the little kids who don't like the thrill rides yeah, they also have this ride called Aquatopia, where it's that tech from Mystic Manor in Hong Kong, where like it's um, trackless, mm-hmm. uh, and you're riding in the ship in the water. And I guess it's like random. There's like a ton of ships in the water, and they just all kind of go randomly around. That ride was also surprisingly fun. Well, what did you eat at Tokyo Disney Sea? I want to hear about the food. Oh yeah, so you, I will say you have to prepare for lines when you go to Tokyo Disney, and. The food is no exception. People line up for like half an hour at snack carts. I don't know. I I still can't believe it's saying that out loud. Uh, well, people do that at Disneyland too. So <laughs> I'm used to seeing it more more so maybe than you are. Is that uh, only uh, like at food and wine or like all the time? No, that's when anything new is released at Disneyland. Then all of the local APs come in and will queue for like popcorn buckets or the latest cupcake or but that's the thing. You know, None of this stuff is new. It's been around for like years. It's just <laughs> so, well, it's new to you. If you haven't seen it, it's new to you. Yeah. Um, I take it. No mobile ordering, right? No mobile ordering. Yeah. So like, I mean, we lined up, I lined up for like 25 minutes to get a, what is essentially a hot pocket. And so I saw a lot of the Japanese people were getting like the American hot pocket with pepperoni. I got the, there was a seafood curry hot pocket. And it's like one of the best hot pockets like I've ever eaten. So I get why people wait in line for this. One of the other big hits is it's called a gyoza dog. It's essentially gyoza filling in like a steamed bun, um, but long. Uh, That was really good. One of the things that Tokyo Disney Sea is famous for, or Tokyo Disney in general is famous for, is all the different popcorn buckets they have. They have, it's not like in Disney where you just get a popcorn bucket and it's just a normal sized bucket. These popcorn buckets are, so for example, I saw we were waiting in line and someone behind us had this popcorn bucket and it was Cinderella's carriage, the one that turns into a pumpkin. And like, so the top opens up and you put your popcorn in there. There was a Steamboat Willie bucket. There was a Lightning McQueen one where you just, walking around with a car around your neck and you just open up Lightning McQueen's roof and put the popcorn in there. So, you know, it's a big thing over there. Wow. I I can't believe they haven't brought those to the United States given the demand for the popcorn buckets. I was reading like people, uh, people bring them back to the United States and sell them on eBay. I tried to let my wife, I tried to convince my wife to uh, let me buy one and she wouldn't let me. She said we didn't have any room. This was a business opportunity that you missed out on. I know. I know. But for one reason or another, we, uh, had to fly with carry on only. So we really didn't have room. Although I could have just walked on the plane wearing my steamboat Willie popcorn bucket. I mean, come on. You wouldn't have gotten any looks at all. <laughs> I probably wouldn't have. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I sh- this is a weird place to insert this, but at Tokyo Disney, people are very into dressing up and it's allowed, not like in Disney world where like you have to be under 13 to dress up. So people don't dress up as princesses, but you'll see a lot of students wearing their school outfits, but on their heads, they'll be wearing these pig heads, like the pig from Toy Story. Man, Leslie, I wanted to buy that pig hat so badly. Again, shot down. Wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> but you'll see, but you'll see, like, I, I saw this group of like 15, you know, I don't know if they're teenagers or like in a little older than that, but they were just walking around all wearing their pig hats. Like, everyone likes to go to Tokyo Disney Sea, and you can find the articles on this online and saying why, but they like to match with their friends, males, females, doesn't matter. People are like really into just dressing up and it's, it's, you know, part, 
part of the experience is just the people watching. Yeah, clearly they embrace their inner children better than we do here in the United States. So kudos, kudos for that. Well, give us a couple of tips. I mean, obviously we we haven't even begun to scratch the surface of all that is there, but I imagine some of the logistics work very differently than at U.S. parks. And so so what sort of did you do differently? What did you do the same um, for other people who are considering a trip there? So yeah, rope drop, the same. It's the same exact concept. You just got to... You want to get to the parks maybe half an hour, 45 minutes before. What's different is rope drop will be exactly at opening time. They're not going to let you in any earlier. If you're staying on site, you get an extra 15 minute head start. But uh, for everyone else, if the park opens at eight, the rope drops at eight. The park opens at nine, the rope drops at nine. So you still want to rope drop and then politely walk with the Japanese crowds to your first attraction and get a fast pass. So for fast pass, if you want to maximize your time, you kind of want to split up, send someone who's faster to get a fast pass and then meet them at whatever ride you want to start first because you just need everyone's tickets to grab the fast passes. I will say, you know, one thing different from the U.S. parks is, and I wish it was like this way in the U.S., but Japanese are very good at queuing and they do not cut the line. Like, so once you get in line, like don't plan to go into the bathroom. Everyone needs to be in line waiting for like kind of like the entire time. So there's none of this like taking someone to the bathroom and then coming later. And so that you have to really utilize the fast passes for that. I'd also say that, you know, at Tokyo Disney Sea, you really want to spend some time just wandering around. Like it's not all about the rides, amazingly, um, just because there's so much to see and so much to do. And then I think the last thing I would say is definitely wait in line for at least one of the shows um, just because they're so unique. Even though they're in Japanese, you can pretty much figure out what's going on and uh, they can be really enjoyable. Well, it sounds like a great trip and it sounds like it wasn't long enough by any stretch of the imagination. I can't believe you went for only one day and to only one park, but you had other restrictions on this trip that uh, prevented more time. Fair enough? Fair enough. Fair enough. Yes. It was our anniversary. So um, this was my one thing that I got to choose for us to do. And then my wife got something to choose in return though my wife the quote-unquote disney hater she said tokyo disney sea just felt a lot more authentic because it is actually like on the ocean it's like part of the harbor in tokyo um and so a lot of that water that's running through the park is just coming in from the sea and like there are parts where you just like look at the seawall and you just kind of gaze into the ocean so you know it really does feel like you know it feels kind of less fake like star wars galaxy edge i'm sure it's going to be amazing but you know they're just kind of like building that all from scratch and just kind of making things up. But this, you know, they built a sea theme park on the sea. And my wife said that worked really well. Well, that sounds amazing. Um, Why don't you leave us with a Disney do or don't? Okay, so I will do one of each. So if you are wanting to miss the lines, then my Tokyo Disney Sea do would be to stay on site. So there are various hotels and you can look them up you can look them up online where you're staying on site, but really that 15 minutes will give you a big head start uh, on everyone else, you know, so they let you in 15 minutes before road drop. So, you know, definitely do that. And then my Tokyo Disney don't would be don't only plan to go to Tokyo and go to Tokyo Disney. Um, there's just, it's such an amazing city and there's so much stuff to do, you know, make sure you spend some time exploring the city itself. Tokyo Disney Sea and I'm assuming Tokyo Disneyland are both amazing parks and really deserve their spot at uh, the kind of top top theme parks in the world. But in the end, you know, there's just so much to see and do in Japan. Uh, don't ignore you know the rest that's out there. Great advice, Joe. I hope to follow in your footsteps soon enough myself. Japan isn't 
that far from San Francisco, right? Yeah, you're like three hours closer. That's right. That's right. So uh, I don't think that's how uh, aviation works, but. <laughs> mm, the Great Circle doesn't exactly work that way. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, we can we fly through the North Pole, so uh, we save time. Okay, so that about does it for you know just a kind of quick touching base about Tokyo Disney Sea. If you've been to Tokyo Disney Sea or Tokyo Disneyland, and if there's stuff that I missed or you just want to talk about the park because there are so few people out there that you can talk to about the park, contact us DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, on Twitter at www.deciphered or on our Facebook page DisneyDeciphered. Other than that, thanks so much for uh, taking the time, Leslie, and I will see you in Tokyo. Thanks, Joe. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.